I'm trying to take that anger and channel it towards positive change and understanding and using it as fuel to the fire of educating myself and supporting the kids so that they can then go on and also make positive changes as well. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I hope you're having a great day, whatever it is you're up to. I am recording this solo episode with very minimal notes, and that's pretty common. Like I will often sit down and think, okay, there's something that's on my mind. There's a topic that keeps dropping in for me. Why not have a chat? And truthfully, sometimes it is difficult to sit down and kind of have a chat with yourself. I would love a co-host for the podcast. I've had my feelers out for someone to join me in this space for a long time now, and I just haven't found the right fit in terms of, I guess, availability, flexibility, and ease. And those are things I really do value with this podcast. I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful that this is work for me and that I do get to be flexible, which sometimes, often, also translates into being collapsible. I've spoken about this over on Instagram stories recently about this experience of noticing how collapsible I feel as a mum, as a woman. And this episode, you know, is directly related to that in a sense. This episode is one that I've wanted to record for a while and I have some wonderful guests coming up who will join me to talk about topics like this. But My intention this morning was to sit down and record something completely different, but as I sat here and I started making notes for the episode I intended to record, it felt too much like I was forcing it, and I wanted to speak about something that's on my mind and is causing me to feel really angry at the moment. And I know as women, we don't get to be angry very often. It's not role modeled for us. It's not accepted. It's not spoken about a lot. It's very much that, you know, we can be emotional and we can cry, but anger isn't really a very feminine thing to feel. And so we don't have like historical role models or role models in pop culture really that I can think of quickly that demonstrate to us how we are meant to process and handle anger. And even role models just growing up, you know, I never really saw a very healthy way for women to manage anger. And I think it's wonderful that we live in a day and age now where we're learning more and we're talking to our sons and our daughters about the whole gamut of emotions and how we have a right to feel them all. But I know for me, anger is still one I'm quite uncomfortable with. And even the sensation of anger in my body that feeling of tension in my whole body or having a shorter fuse. But I have found myself lately experiencing it a lot, you know, and Brendan and I kind of make light of it. And he'll say to me, you know, he'll make a comment about men or hating men. And that's certainly not the case. I do not hate men. But at the same time, I've entered this 
don't want to say era because I know that's such a flippant term right now, that era of realizing something and it's so prevalent. You know, once you start pulling on a thread and then you're like, oh my goodness, no wonder I've resisted pulling on this thread or, oh my goodness, how did I not see this? Like, how did I not see this sooner? And you just keep pulling on it and other things are unfurling and things are clicking into place and it's like you cannot unsee it. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So what I'm talking about today is misogyny, feminism, how I'm experiencing it at the moment, anger at the patriarchy, all of those things. And I know it's very relevant at the moment, particularly off the back of all of the press with the Barbie movie. And Brendan and I have recorded an episode where we spoke about our experience of watching the Barbie movie and how it's a little, like it is subversive considering you think you're going in to watch a children's film and those sorts of things. I have been surprised at the outcry and the pushback and the men's activist groups saying how they're so angry in the way that Ken was portrayed and all of these sorts of things. And it's certainly a provocative, not provocative, but a thought-provoking film in terms of explaining to children what the patriarchy is, what misogyny is, what it means to be a feminist. And it's a big topic. And I think it's a big and overwhelming and scary topic and it's one of those things that you do want to look away from because there's not one easy way to explain it. There's not one clear response. There's not one child-friendly way to explain, oh, we're still living in a man's world. And I think for me, I'm feeling angry because I'm starting to see things that I wish I had seen sooner. I wish I understood this earlier in my life, but I didn't. And there was certainly a huge part of me that didn't want to look at misogyny and patriarchy because I have benefited, excuse me, I've benefited from the male gaze and I've always prioritized the male gaze my whole life. And it's really only been in going through difficult things in life and also looking at my own choices. Like I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this where you go through something in life or you find yourself in a new season, you're a new version of yourself because we're always becoming a new version of ourselves. And you look back on past choices, past experiences, and there's such a disconnect. And that's something I've experienced, like looking back and going, oh my goodness, how? Why? Like what drove me to make those choices and to act in that way and to create a life like that? And I think that question of how and why is a real uh, igniter for me in terms of it drove me to speak to therapists. It's 
driven me to read books, to listen to podcasts, to understand and unpack certain things. In my experience, we women, us women folk, we take on so much responsibility. You know, even just yesterday, I had someone in my in my DMs and she was talking about that experience of not being able to make it for every single school event because honestly, if you want to work and also be the sort of parent that is available for everything at school, it's impossible. You're forever letting someone down. You're either letting your work down, your child down or yourself down. And it's such a hard thing. And a woman sent me a message saying, you know, she's got children and these are the ages of her kids and she really dropped the ball there. It's her fault that she feels like she's failing because she can't manage that age gap well and be everyone to everything all at once. You know, she can't be at high school and at primary school and at daycare. And she literally said in her message to me and you know, I'm probably overthinking this, but just because it's on my mind so much at the moment, but she said, you know, I clearly didn't plan that well. And even if I am overthinking it, and even if it was said in jest, these are the things we do, right? We say in a lighthearted way that it is our responsibility. And I have always done that, especially the last couple of years, my goodness. And it almost brings me to tears, like sitting down today and thinking about this topic. And I think anger and sadness are so closely intertwined, but I've taken on so much responsibility and so much blame for certain things. And it's only been this version of Kylie, this 36-year-old version who has learned and understood, and I still have so much to learn. You know, I'm a baby in this space, but I can see things more clearly now and have compassion for myself and realize so many of my choices, big life choices, you know, things that I will forever be impacted by, you know, because who you have children with, that is something that does impact your whole life. But that's just an example of a, you know, a large choice. But there have been so many things, so many ways in which I've acted, things I've missed out on that I can now go, oh my goodness. Well, of course, well, of course you made that choice because you are socialized to make that choice. We are socialized as women to be passive, to look at ourselves through the male gaze. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about when I say the male gaze, you're completely not alone there. I think it is a term now that is like used a little more colloquial. We talk about it. We say things like, oh, the male gaze. But the male gaze is a concept in feminist theory and often film criticism that refers to the way in which media like films and advertisements and art often depict the world and women from a heterosexual male perspective. The male gaze was coined by feminist film theorist Laura Mulvey in 1975. And so the term the male gaze really highlights the tendency towards this portrayal of how women are objectified and sexualized, and it reduces us to just being passive objects of desire for male viewers. And this whole objectification, it's a conversation I've been having with my kids. And so many of you did slide into my DMs after that episode about the Barbie movie and said, how? How do we have these conversations with children in a way that they can understand the concept of patriarchy? And it's a bit of a head scratcher because how? How do we 
wrap up what patriarchy is in a bow in a way that kids can understand. It's overwhelming. It's almost insurmountable. But there are inroads, and I think objectification is an inroad. Talking to your children about the history of women being objectified, and that doesn't mean that you have to talk about sexual objectification. It's about women as objects or women as accessories, women as things that can be traded. Historically, we were traded. And yes, that's not happening today in our country. You know, when women get married, we're not traded for a yak or a block of land, but we are still upholding these traditions that are stemmed from that objectification in terms of we walk down an aisle and we are given away by our dad. And I grew up thinking, what a beautiful thing. And there are certainly elements of weddings and traditions that are beautiful and it feels like a rite of passage. And I can't speak for everyone, but I just know for me, as I've pulled on this thread and I begin to look at things from a different view, I really see that objectification and that being an accessory to a man that gets to be passed along. And you go from having your father's last name in most cases to then taking on the man's last name. And so our identity is inherently relational. Our identity is in relation to the men in our lives in terms of our names, not only in our names, but in the historical lineage of our whole life. And so talking to your kids about that form of objectification. You know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, women were not seen as valuable or seen as equal to men. And my kids will say to me, but why? And I'll say things like, well, I guess, you know, and sometimes it is, I'm guessing. And then I do a bit of a Google search and I'm like, yep, okay, had it right. But you don't have to go too deep into things with children depending on their age. But, you know, I would say to my boys, well, I guess a lot of it stems from the fact that women were seen as our purpose was to procreate. Our purpose was to be pregnant and have children. And a man's purpose was to go out and work. And that is seen as more valuable. And that's still today in 2023, right? Those Things that happened historically, we're still living with. Daycare workers are still paid so poorly because caring and nurturing is not seen as valuable as, quote unquote, the work that men do. You can talk to your kids about facts. You can say in ancient civilizations like ancient Egypt and Greece and Rome, women did have limited rights. They were considered the property of their fathers or their husbands. They had very little legal rights as well. And the primary role, surprise, surprise, was seen as serving the interests of the family or as society. Like that's been our responsibility from the get-go, from ancient times. And so no wonder now, as mums, we feel the heavy burden of mum guilt on our shoulders because we've always been taught that society kind of is our job, right? Even in medieval societies, during Middle Ages, women's rights were further restricted and women were often seen as the property of their husbands. There's that through line again in so many different 
eras of history, right? Even when we're talking about legal systems historically, women's rights have always been limited. And there is this misconception about our legal system that it always favors the women. You know, if you're going through a divorce, people will say to you, I had this happen to me. People will say to me, oh, you'll get this, you'll get that, did it, did it. Like the legal system favors the woman, it favors the mother. It really doesn't. It really does not. There are so many things that we tend to assume without actually having the information at hand to support that assumption that floats out there just because a few men have been hard done by in their views. It's a really interesting thing to think about. I also think just in terms of men being hard done by and back to again that thread of the Barbie movie and people being all upset that Ken was portrayed a certain way, this male fragility, this responsibility that we are meant to take care of a ma- of a man's ego and that's our responsibility as well. Like it's all just so entangled. It's a really, really big concept to try and unpack and it's not easy to talk to your kids about it. In a lot of ways, it's really shocking and confronting and I understand that you want to protect kids from these concepts, but the only way we are going to continue to improve and continue to get women seen as equal to a man is to have these conversations with our kids and it is to be with them and stand with them in their shock. Because, you know, I can't speak for every family, but when I talk with my boys about this sort of stuff, they are shocked. And at the same time, it's so steeped in everything that we're doing, right? Even just yesterday, I was talking with the boys about Venn diagrams. Bear with me for a second, but one of my kids, his school was closed for a handful of days due to some construction happening there. And so we were back in that homeschooling lane like we were through the pandemic. And I had both kids home. And something I was meant to teach them that day was about Venn diagrams. Now, I am the worst homeschooling teacher because I too, like my son, have inattentive type ADHD. I don't understand the way they teach math to kids these days. I have such a short attention span. If I'm not interested, I find it painfully boring. But I was excited about talking about Venn diagrams because I'm like, yes, I get this concept. I love it. It's going to be fun. And I explained it to them and we did all sorts of little exercises. You know, I One of the boys drew a Venn diagram and in one circle, he was to talk about a strawberry and then in the other circle, he was to talk about an apple and then in the cross section in the middle, he was to list the commonalities. So we did that. We did a banana and a lemon and I know I'm going off on a tangent, just but just for anyone else who might want to use this as a little exercise, not a test, but a little exercise to do with your family. We then moved on from things like fruits and I use those ones because they're easy, right? Like banana and lemon, the cross section in the middle being yellow and that they're both fruit differences on either side of that Venn diagram, you know, one being soft, one being tangy, whatever. But I did this with also our family unit. So let's work out where our Venn diagrams intersect with interests. Now, I've done this before with play, and I've spoken about how important it is to make sure as parents, you find where your version of play and fun meets your children's version of play and fun, but that is a different conversation. 
yesterday I was doing interests. So there's a circle for me, a circle for each child, and then the crossover in the middle. That doesn't matter for this conversation. But when I said to my one of my sons, all right, in that circle that's representing mum, can you write down my interests? And guess what the first thing is that he wrote? Cleaning. Cleaning was the interest that first came to mind for him. And I said to him, oh, that's a really interesting thing. You know, and I didn't want to make him feel bad that that's what he thought because both of my boys are very sensitive and I just tread tread carefully. But at the same time, I was not going to miss this opportunity. And I said to him, it's so interesting to me that you've written cleaning down as mummy's interest. Like, do you think that I find cleaning interesting? You know, like, let's have a conversation about that. Do you think I enjoy cleaning? And so like a different conversation did come from that. And it was just about curiosity and following that thread. And, you know, even in conversation with my kids about certain things that they can be responsible for, I have brought that feminist lens in. Such as, you know, there was a morning a couple of months ago where I, we were trying to get out the door and one of the boys couldn't undo the knots in his shoes. And so then I was undoing the knots and I said to him, it would have been really good if you untied these knots yesterday when you had time. (laughs) Knots in shoelaces seems to be a constant theme in my life. Back to Velcro shoes, I swear. But I said to him, when you took your shoes off yesterday, did you see these knots? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, what you should have done is to untie them. And I said, by you not untying them and leaving them for me, do you know what that's doing? You're saying to me that my time is less important than yours. My time is not as valuable as yours because you didn't want to spend the time untying the knots because you had things to do. And there is an assumption, well, actually it's a presumption because he knows I'll do it, that mum will deal with that. Or you just out of sight, out of mind it because he's so focused on his stuff. And kids, like, again, I don't want to make them into little adults because you do want to protect them and their childhood. But at the same time, I'm drawing attention to the fact that he knows I'm going to do that. And so he can take it off his mental load. And at nine years old, of course, right? But you can have these conversations with your kids and just by highlighting, hey, why is that my job? Why is your time more valuable than mine of a morning? And it really, really ticked over for him. And now he's getting his shoes and of a morning and and in the house we have systems that mean there are things that they have to do before they can have free time before we go to school. There's all of the things that they've got to sort out and we establish that with a checklist. But now without even adding this to the checklist, he like it, it has really clicked and cemented in his brain. Oh, hang on. No, no. Mum's time is not less valuable than mine. And he gets his shoes and he puts them on the stairs before he goes upstairs for his free time. He makes sure that they're ready to go. So you can have these conversations with kids just to draw attention to these societal norms, these gender stereotypes that stem directly from the patriarchy. It's all seeped in misogyny. So it's a big, huge concept, but you can start to point out different through lines. Even when we watch old movies now, and we've bought out some of the films that you know we really enjoyed 
as kids. Uh, like the Sandlot kids, we've done Problem Child, uh, which like Problem Problem Child made the boys laugh so much. It made all of us laugh. But there are older movies where things get said like, you hit like a girl and my two are outraged. And Brendan's always so surprised. He's like, I can't believe that they're so outraged by that. And I'm like, I'm so proud that they are outraged by that. Because all of that goes towards women not being seen as valuable or as equal as a man. So these are huge concepts and they can be really confronting to look at, but it's so important. It's so important as parents, regardless of whether you have sons or daughters or non-binary children, it's so important that we are at least looking at this stuff and examining it because the only way we're going to make change is to actually be a bit outraged is to be angry. And that kind of brings me back to sitting down and recording this episode today. I am angry. I'm so angry about certain things that I look back and go, oh my goodness, why didn't I see that? Why didn't I know? Why wasn't this taught to me? And perhaps, you know, it's a timing thing, right? Because there are only so many battles that we can fight in a day or in a year or in that season that we are in. But I was so unwilling to understand the male gaze. I was so unwilling to see the part that I play in it as well. And to really feel the weight, to feel that weight of living in a misogynistic society and having an upbringing that was so steeped in misogyny and not on purpose, right? I don't think that my dad or my mum purposefully raised us without any understanding of feminism because it just wasn't a thing back then for a lot of people. For some lucky few, yes. But I know, you know, for me now, when I reflect on my childhood, there are things that were just seen as normal in my household that I'm so outraged by now. I am so angered by. And I think I'm so angered because I can see, well, if that was the bar of normal for me as a child growing up, and again, I swear to you, I don't say any of this with any... um like not in a blame way of being like, they let me down because we only know what we know. And as I've gotten older, I've certainly got so much more empathy and understanding because we are all victims of our upbringing. We're all products of our upbringing until we're willing to see things differently and we're willing to learn and look at things from a different point of view. But I look at things and I'm like, wow, That's what was modeled for me. So no wonder I went out into the world thinking that my value was only in how I would present, only in the size of my body, that my value as a partner was about being amenable amenable and quiet and compliant and self-sacrificing. And I was complicit in it, right? We're all complicit in, in it in varying degrees. But even when I think back to certain relationships and sharing certain things about relationships, you know, I would talk about how past a past partner or past partners would do things domestically, right? You know, isn't it amazing that that partner was willing to clean, was willing to mop, was willing to fold the towels and really put them on a pedestal for it. And to the point where it almost, I guess, 
like made it seem like that person was doing more than me just because they were doing probably their fair share, right? And it's this whole thing of like, why do we put it on a pedestal when a man does the fucking bare minimum? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When a man is involved in their kids' lives, when a man folds the towels or vacuums the floor, why are they seen to be some sort of hero? It's because they're doing the work that is considered to be women's work, and that's less than them. So how nice that they got off their pedestal to visit us and do some of this lowly domestic work that's not valued. It's only been in getting older and going like, oh my gosh, why did I see that as some sort of hero act as well? And it's funny, like, um, Brendan said something the other day. He's like, I don't mind helping out about something. And I like looked at him and he goes, it's not helping out. It's doing my fair share. <laughs> like, it's just because we've been having so many conversations like this. And with the boys, you know, I really watch what I say and I don't get it right all the time, clearly, because my nearly 10-year-old thinks thinks that my number one interest is cleaning. But I try to watch the way I phrase things, you know, rather than saying, can you help mum put the dishes away? Or can you help me by putting your school bag away? Or can you help me by running upstairs and grabbing your water bottle? I don't say that anymore. I mean, sometimes it slips out, but I try and catch myself because I'm like, no, no, it's not helping me because that's then making this assumption that it is my responsibility. So now I say, you need to go and grab your water bottle if you want water for school, not help me out by doing this. I don't want them to think that being responsible for themselves is just loaning me a favor and it's helping me. It's taking one thing off my plate. Even with domestic chores around the house, you know, the boys will always pitch in when I ask them. If I say to them, can you put those dishes away? They will do it. But just recently I said to them, you know what? I'm actually sick of being responsible for asking you to put the dishes away. You're nearly 10 years old. If you walk into that pantry to get yourself a glass of water or a snack and there are dishes in that drainer in front of you, put them away. I said, because it's not like, yes, it helps that you're doing it, but it's still my mental load of managing people. And of course, again, right, like I'm not a heartless, awful person. And I think you know that if you're here in this podcast zone, I value being a parent so incredibly much. I love those boys more than life itself. And I consider myself to be a very soft and a very nurturing parent. And I'm not being hard on them in a way that is designed to toughen them up. I'm trying to be firm in a way that is designing them to understand feminism and to understand responsibility as a man in this world. So I have conversations with them about how, as a woman, we have a completely different experience of safety and vulnerability. 
and what they can do as they get older to be an ally for women. We talk about oppression and minority groups, you know, in terms of how members of the LGBTQI community will often favor friendships with women because they understand what it's like to be marginalized. These are big concepts, and I know I've said that a million times in this conversation, but they are not concepts that you need to be afraid of exploring with your children and learning about them together. So anyway, I do have some wonderful guests coming up who are far more educated on these types of topics, and I hope that you will listen to those episodes and come along this journey with me. So many of you have children that are a similar age as my boys because we've kind of grown up together, right? And we're entering for a lot of us this different stage of parenting where maybe we are coming out of that survival mode or that camel mode that I've referenced a few times from that wonderful uh, podcast episode I spoke about a few episodes back. And maybe it's like, okay, now we do have the brain space and the wherewithal to at least look at some of these things. And it can really help to give you a sense of compassion and understanding and insight into yourself. And I think that is such a wonderful gift. So yeah, I am 36 years old and a little bit angry because of the things that I am seeing and understanding, but I'm trying to take that anger and rather than letting it eat me up and feel angry against the world or letting it harden me too much, it certainly needs to harden me a little bit. I'm trying to take in that I'm trying to take that anger and channel it towards positive change and understanding and using it as fuel to the fire of educating myself and supporting the kids so that they can then go on and also make positive changes as well in this space. And I promise you, once you start pulling at this thread and perhaps you've been pulling at this thread for years and you are miles and miles and miles ahead of me and I salute you but once you start pulling at it you can't unsee it it shows up everywhere even the other night I sent a message to a a group one of my boys goes to a group as you know Dungeons and Dragons it's no secret and I was reaching out to this social group person the person that organizes it a male of course white male And I was saying to him, you know, my son is struggling a bit with connecting with other kids. Are there other workshops just so that he has more than one social gathering where he feels like he's really with his people each week? And, you know, or is there a parents group where I can perhaps connect with other parents and arrange catch ups outside of that couple of hours every week? I was basically imploring him to sort of help me i guess in i guess in terms of or just provide me with other resources because i assumed he's in the know in terms of he runs the group and i said to him like those exact things my son's struggling a little bit is there somewhere i connect with parents because i don't see the other parents you drop them off and you go or is there another group that he could be involved in with this other game that he's interested in because i want to support him in making more social connections with peers that are going to have the same interest as him because he goes to such a small school and yada, yada, yada. And the response was, you should sit in one day and understand it. Like again, making it my responsibility to understand this game more. And my response to him was, I wasn't asking you what I should do. I was asking if you have access to other resources. Yes, as a mum, I can be a support, I can educate myself, and believe me, we all, Brendan, my other son and I, 
like both of the boys, we sit down and we play Dungeons and Dragons. I listen to him ad nauseum. I've read books with him. I've researched it. I've learned about the history of the game so that I can have conversation with him. I bend over backwards to support this kid, but there are only so many things a mother can do. And at this age, peers become so important. And if you're at school and you feel like you are other in so many different ways, yes, it's character building. Yes, it's part of his life story, but also it's really lonely. And so I was simply trying to help him to connect and make other friends or have the opportunity to connect with other kids in a in another dynamic that already have those shared interests because he was feeling the hurt of no one wanting to talk with him about it at school or not having anyone to play with. And so I reached out and his response was to say, well, you should sit in. You should come and spend five hours learning more about this game. No, that's like, that's not what I'm asking. And so it's those little things. And I understand that probably wasn't a loaded thing. Like he wasn't trying to get my back up. But once you start to see it, you realize there are so many different micro moments in every single day where society tells us as women, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. And I'm already there doing the grunt work of being responsible of social connections. Like anyway, that might seem completely left field to others. But for me, it really stood out as a man saying, well, you're the mum, so you come and spend five hours learning about this. Like that's the solution. It's like, hang on, that wasn't even the question I asked. You're not even answering the question I asked, being so dismissed. And it's not just in light social interactions like that. Women are dismissed all the time, health concerns, work concerns, limited opportunities. The list just goes on and on and on and on. Anyway, as I said, I have some wonderful guests coming up, but I would love to hear from you. If you like this style of episode where I'm just sharing with you the things that are on my mind, slide into my DMs and let me know. This week, I had someone reach out to me and say that they're really struggling with superficial conversation amongst their friends and that they rely upon the podcast to be a source of depth in terms of thought-provoking stuff. And I was just nodding furiously. I was like, yeah, like I hate small talk. I wish that I liked it more. I wish sometimes I was a lighter person and less curious and all of those things, but I do love a deep conversation. And while I don't have all of the answers and I'm certainly not the most educated person in any room I go into, these are the things that are on my mind. So anyway, if you enjoyed listening, please do let me know. It means the world to me. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you're following the podcast, you will then get a notification when a new episode pops up. And I've got some really, really great guests coming up for you. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.